Today's episode shares the leadership story of Tom Kitchen. Tom is an award-winning chef and entrepreneur. Having started his career in the luxury Glen Eagles Hotel, Tom worked in three-star Michelin restaurants in London, Paris and Monte Carlo before opening his own Scottish fine dining restaurant in Edinburgh. Just six months after opening the kitchen, Tom became Scotland's youngest Michelin-starred chef proprietor, achieving a star at the age of 29. The Kitchen Group has since grown to five restaurants, ranging from fine dining seafood restaurants to gastro pubs, one of which also serves as a boutique hotel. Tom has also become a well-known face on television, appearing on BBC's Saturday Kitchen and The Great British Menu, UK TV Foods Market Kitchen, and he also regularly appears as a panel judge at the chef's table on the MasterChef final. This episode was recorded in the private dining room at the Kitchen Restaurant. There may be a little bit of hustle and bustle in the background. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the School for CEOs podcast. Today I'm delighted to have Tom Kitchen with me, award-winning chef and entrepreneur. Welcome Tom. Thank you very much. Um, Tom, we're going to be talking about some of your accolades Mm -hmm. um, during the podcast, but to start with, I'd like to ask with a question about food. Um, Mm -hmm. Where did your passion for food first come from? Um, Yeah, it's a really good question and I've been asked many times about it and uh, it's not this like incredible romantic story like that my grandmother was making pasta in the in the back larder like you know so many great chefs um it actually came from um I took a job when I was like 13 14 years old um washing the dishes in a local pub to earn some pocket money and I just started off working just the weekends and I think that is when I really it's not like I fell in love with food it's like I fell in love with the adrenaline of working in such a busy environment and, you know, just loved the pressure of um, washing the dishes. But that led on to then doing starters and uh, and it just kind of grew from there, really. OK, so not necessarily the food, but it was the, the environment that you were drawn Yeah, no, totally. Um, because, like, I always loved sport. Like, looking back on it now, I think, you know, I love sport. I love football. I love playing rugby or whatever. And then realized I wasn't going to be a sportsman, you know, and started working on the weekends. And then I think I got the same adrenaline rush working in that environment and being part of a team. And, you know, you were going into the service and you were, you know, busy weekends. And I think that's what I fell in love with. And that led on. And I wanted out of school. Uh, I wasn't really wasn't really my thing. Um, and and that's this is what started the process, really. So you wanted a, a bit of an escape from school studies? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I um, I started doing the dishes and then on my, week, on my summer holidays when the owner of the hotel where I was washing the dishes, he had a contact at Glen Eagles and I started going up to Glen Eagles on my summer holidays and, you know, then I was in the kitchen and I was working in the kitchen. So that would be about 15 years old then. And then I was thinking to myself, like, listen, I want this is what I want to do. There's nothing else that I want to do. I want to be a chef. And you got to remember that was that was a good o- over 20 years ago, you know, uh, 25 years ago. So cooking wasn't cool then. 
you know, like, you know, so I have to really take my hats off to my parents and saying, you know what, we're okay for you to leave school at 16 and follow your dream of being a chef, which was a big thing back then, you know, because it wasn't, you know, accepted really as it is now as a, as a, as a career and, a, you know, an occupation. I was actually just, that was the question on the mm. tip of my tongue was how, how that conversation with the parents went in terms of their support. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. The 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 one rule was I had to go to um, catering college um, in Perth and I had to do hotel management, which, um, well, that was fun. Um, but I, I wasn't really into the hotel side of it, you know, like, you know, like housekeeping and all this kind of stuff. So I didn't really last long there. And then I started full time at Glen Eagles very quickly after that. So, uh, so that was good, and you know I'm really grateful to them, you know, because it it must be tough as parents. You you don't know where they're going, and to leave school 16, no qualifications. But it's just funny, like when you have a passion, you have a drive. You're so driven. You're so driven, and it's um, it's nice to look back now and see it. And it's it's funny. There's been a few times when like former teachers have come to the restaurant and you know like they're like remembering me as a young child you know it's nice it's nice yeah. I'd like to ask you about that that mm-hmm. drive and that ambition because you started by opening the kitchen in mm-hmm. 2006 with your wife Michaela and mm-hmm. um, since then the group has just grown and grown and grown mm-hmm. most recently you opened Bonnie Badger down, down in Gullin and mm-hmm. um, what would you say is behind your success I mean yeah I mean uh, The success of the restaurants and the way that we've grown is without doubt, you know, Michaela and myself and the team, you know, are everything coming together and allowing each of us to concentrate on our own specific areas. You know, obviously myself in the kitchen, driving the business forward that way. Michaela, I mean, anyone who knows this business knows exactly what Michaela does for this business. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. You look at the interior, you look at the flowers, you look at the way the menus are written, you look at the sounds, the artistic, you know, the the PR, the HR. I mean, it's crazy. Um, And then also you have my dad who was retired when we opened the business and we were just like, Dad, can you just help us write the business plan, please? You know, can you just help us a little bit at the beginning? And now where are we? Year 13, and he's still trying to retire, you know. But <laughs> So it's been, um, which was great. Um, so that is all come. But none of this would have happened if it wasn't for the journeys that Michaela and I took. And they were individual journeys as well. So, for example, myself going to Glen Eagles at 17, being in London, working in a three-star Michelin, uh, La Tonclair, 18, 19 years old. I mean, it's pretty daunting stuff, you know. And, like, you know, you're not, you're paid really badly back in there those days. You know, you're paid really badly. You worked ridiculous hours. You were shouted at all day, but you were learning. And it was like proper old school learning. Um, and then always setting challenges for myself. So, never resting still. So, being in London and then having the courage to go to Paris. You know, not speaking any French, going into one of these big, iconic French gastronomic kitchens and really being challenged and having a lot of, like, moments where you're like, oh, I just want to go home to Scotland, you know, like, get me out of here. But staying and fighting it. And those are big moments, the moments that I call, especially with the young chefs in my kitchen or chefs in my kitchen, I call them bridge moments. Because if you give up, you might regret, you're going to regret that so so much and the next day is always actually a better day um, and trying to get that through to young people those are the moments that carry you through and they help you become mentally strong and, and driven yeah. 
So we're sitting in the um, one of the dining rooms mm-hmm. of the kitchen restaurant, and a couple of minutes before you came in, I heard you speaking French to one of your team members. So yep. obviously, you had the courage to take that step, yep. not speaking any French, mm-hmm. and you've learned a huge amount uh, yeah. in your time there, not least um, mm. becoming fluent in French, as mm. well as everything that you've learned in the kitchen. So what gives you the courage to take that step and make that bridge moment? To, as in to open a business? To step, to step into the unknown, whatever. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, um, I think, I don't know really where it comes from. Um, I guess it comes from, uh, my dad's very, very driven. Um, my grandparents, my mom. Um, but it was just that, you know, just wanting to succeed. And I always remember, like, I have a mentor in Chef Pierre Kaufman. And he would like, every time you got too big for your boots, he would quickly knock you down, you know. And as a young chef and a young, you know, when you're very driven and, you know, like, he'd take you right to the top and then he'd, boom, he'd bring you down and then he'd like close to breaking you. And I'm not saying that's right, but then just before you're about to like, oh, you know, break, he would like fish you in with a fishing line, you know. And it's a proper old school mentality. But it's a mentality that certainly formed me because I was the type of person I thrived on pressure. I loved to be pushed. I loved like going fast. I loved to be really like um, show my adrenaline in, in a kitchen, a bit like a sports person, you know, like you know, boom, 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 like you know, one hundred and ten percent every single day. And that mentality is you're only as good as your last meal. That was driven into me as a young chef. You are only as good as the last meal that comes in. Every day, everything has to be perfect. Every day, every day, every day. And with the restaurant world, you never know who's coming into your restaurant. You know, it could be, it could be an incredible chef that you own. It could be a very wealthy businessman. It could be a young couple. It could be an inspector. It could be a critic. It could be absolutely anyone. And that feeds on the energy and drives you every day. You know, so every plate that you dress, every plate that you send from your restaurant that represents you mm-hmm. and that's very very important and that's why that's why cooking makes such good tv because the pressure if you're coming up on like a table of six and you've got five of the plates are absolutely perfect you're just putting the last garnishes on and then the sixth one comes up and it's the the fish the turbot and it's overcooked you're like shit what, what now and you have to start again so that's like the pressure rolls on from there yeah. and you don't just have one restaurant, you've got several restaurants mm. um, across the east of Scotland, so you can't be serving mm-hmm. all the meals no, everywhere. No, so how, how do you ensure that you get the right people around you that support you in the right way and that also understand the philosophy mm-hmm. and you know your approach to food and to great service and great experience? No, but you know that it's about the right people. And, you know... Yes, we do have uh, five businesses, yes. Um, it's a big company now. But it's actually grown really naturally and organically. And I think the foundations were really, really important. You know, we started so humbly. We started from absolutely nothing. We had like 50 grand, 60 grand overdraft. We had all the family savings, all our savings, uh, second-hand fridge, second-hand stove, 20 bottles of wine on the list five staff we started like that and we have grown naturally and organically slowly and we've learned our trade you know if we had started with a restaurant like this as a young couple it would have been an absolute disaster so we've been allowed to grow slowly and naturally and 
and enjoy. And I think, you know, like this crazy new modern world that we live in, like, you know, so many of my chefs, they want to be head chef at 23, 24. I'm like, guys, listen, you know, just slow down. You've got to learn your trade. You've got to learn your industry and you've got to learn how to, you've got to grow into those shoes. Um, so, yeah, we started and then we opened Castle Terrace, which was very much with um, Dominic Jack, who's a chef that I'd trained with for many, many years, very talented chef. So, so he's chef proprietor there, but under the same umbrella. And then we've grown like into Scran and Scally. But the people who go and run these restaurants are the people who have come through the main restaurant and learned the philosophy and learned. And then last year was a really big year for us. We opened two new properties. And that was very much about, you know, everyone in every industry I hear about is talking about trying to keep staff and create something for staff. And it's exactly the same here. We have this, we have people who've been with us for like 12, 13 years who are now directors in the company. Then underneath there, we have a whole new wave of people who've been with us like four or five years. But of course, they're ambitious, you know, but their career path is kind of blocked. So if we don't create something for them to allow them to grow and at the same time help us grow our business... It's, it's kind of stops. Do you see what I mean? So it was a big step now. We've really grown the company. We need to just um, consolidate and make sure that they're all really good, healthy businesses here. So, so in terms of growth, it's been very much an organic process and actually growing the people as the business. Yeah, no, totally. It's been organic. The people have grown with us. Um, it's... It's a really beautiful thing, actually, when you actually, you know, you reach that age and you look back on it and you think like, you know, like Sylvain, who's been with us, he, you know, he came straight off the <laughs> straight off the ferry from France, didn't speak a word of English. And 13 years later, now he's a director in the company, you know, and uh, he's, you know, he's married to a Scottish girl. They have a child, they have a house, you know, so it's nice when you see people growing like that. Hmm. I'd like to ask you about the industry. Mm hmm. Um, so you touched on the, the kind of pace and pressure mm -hmm. and it's, it's a notoriously demanding industry, mm -hmm. rest, restaurants, hospitality. Um, how do you manage the demands of all of the you know, five different establishments mm -hmm. and also being a father of four, mm -hmm. um, young family, you know, a dad, a son? Yeah. You know, how do you deal with all of that? Um, I don't really have the... Uh, a full-blown answer for that but um in a crazy kind of way it works um you know first of all the most important thing for me is that um we live in edinburgh and that's the way the business model has been designed is we've resisted temptation to open restaurants in london glasgow aberdeen who knows you know i'm not going to say it will never happen but it's certainly not going to happen just now especially when the kids are at this age you know because i want to take them to school I want to go watch football training, but I want to get back to the restaurant and do all these kind of things. So Edinburgh, Edinburgh being the size it is, works for us as a family and as a, as a business. Um, I mean, it couldn't work without the support of um, what Michaela does. I mean, we as a family, we always take Sunday. Um, but Michaela goes around all the different restaurants. I only cook at the kitchen restaurant. So I don't pretend to cook in Scran or Bonnie Badger. 
but I'm massively involved in there. I go there every day, I do that. But again, that goes back to living in Edinburgh. I can get to Stockbridge, I can get to Brunsfield, and I can get back to Leith all in the morning, you know? And um, it's just relentless though, you know, like, I'm not gonna pretend that it doesn't stop. It never, ever stops. But in a way, that's what I've always done my whole life. So I don't know any other way than just going 110% all the time, you know? So, um, and I thrive on that. You know, I couldn't imagine not having that pressure, but it's a pressure that I never worry about it. I never, you know, yes, of course you have good days, bad days, bad days, but you know, it's always a, what I call, um, this industry is like a roller coaster of emotions, you know, up and down, up and down. But if you just don't get too high when it's high and too low when it's low, just trying somewhere in the middle, that is, um, that's the kind of philosophy that I try to take, you know. It's interesting. It's, you mentioned sport right at the beginning mm. and seeing some parallels between the environment that you're working in mm-hmm. and high-performance sport yeah, in terms sure. of pace, pressure, always mm. on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, totally. I mean, um, it is. And it's like, you know, always having to push yourself. You know, but you jump out of bed. I never jump out of bed in the morning and think I don't want to go to work. You know, I always want to go to work. And I always worry about who's this, what's that. But, like, as soon as you I get downstairs, I'm looking. I've got the asparagus man. I've got the shellfish man. I can see all the things that are happening. Oh, there's no scallops today in Orkney, this and that. So you're adjusting all the time. And that's part of the fun, you know, because if I take my finger off the, the pulse like that, I always feel that it will slip, you know. And uh, But then, of course, um, you have to delegate and you have to pass on the responsibilities. And that's that's been that's taken a long time. But now, for example, my head chef, Lachlan, I mean, he's really starting to take over so much that I used to do. And, um, and the same with the head chefs in all the other places. But it's just always been there, been there on tap, been there. And more now it's actually about my presence of being in different locations at different times. That's really important. Kind of leads me into my next theme, which is your leadership style. Okay. Yeah. So, h- how would you describe describe your leadership style? Um, how would I describe my leadership? I mean, yeah, it's very passionate. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, off the cuff. It's very um, hands on, um, and I would say it's a lot better now than it was like uh, ten years ago, which I think is a good thing. Um, I th- more mature, you know, more grown into, more modern, more uh, like you have to remember with the school that I came from, the chefs that I worked for. I mean, it was brutal, you know. It was full on. It was a bit like the SES kind of thing, you know, like you know, or I don't know, sports stars playing for like notoriously really hard coaches, or you know, like guys, you know. And you know, in my day, it was very simple. There was one rule for everyone. And, you know, when I opened the restaurant here, I mean, I was just operating this place like um, like my mentors had, you know, and it was like a conveyor belt of staff, you know, boom, 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 every day, you know, and it got to the stage sometimes I was like going to bed and I was thinking, am I going to be the only one tomorrow? You know, because I was so tough on them, so, 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 so demanding. Um, and I still am, but in a more mellowed and round way, you know, so... Instead of shouting all the time, like, you know, some, some chefs had done with me, it's very much now calm, but when it's wrong, it's wrong. And there's like that, suddenly there's that moment, that moment of silence that this is not good enough. We are not producing the goods here. 
and you know it kind of like works in a much better way and then trying to trying to take each individual and work with them you know if you know like if someone's been with you for a while their personal situation might change have problems family this and that trying to work around that has been a really big learning curve you know and um, and it's good i mean uh, i feel a lot more relaxed in what i'm doing now and uh, it's good it's good how important is it to you to celebrate success that's a really good question yeah um yeah it's i have to admit um it's only recently and my wife's very good at this because she said to me like um actually we were just awarded um five five a five five stars for the bonnie badger for the accommodation from the which is incredible and uh i actually surprised her and took her out for dinner one night she was like, my God, Like this is like the first time I've ever stopped to celebrate anything, even like winning a Michelin star, winning this, winning that. It was just like, right, that's done, right, on to the next thing. And I kind of, yeah, I, do I regret it? I, yeah, I guess I do, you know, but you're just so in that moment. You're so continuously on the ball and pushing. Uh, you worry about stopping to celebrate success because, oh, no, you're not, you know, don't get too relaxed, right? Okay, so worrying about that complacency. Yeah, complacency is a big okay. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't like complacency. Uh-huh. And um, back onto leadership and, you know, how do you balance, so you're a chef by mm-hmm. trade, so how do you balance your passion for cooking and being in the kitchen with actually running the group? Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, that's all down to the team because it's very much um, <clears throat> like we have so many... We have Michaela, who who's really runs her things like in an iron fist. You know, she's absolutely fantastic. She has an incredible eye for detail. We have an office now with a financial director. We have a CEO. We have, you know, we have... So in a wonderful way, I don't really have to worry about that. Of course, you're presented with figures and this and that, and you can make adjustments to all that kind of thing. But I'm allowed to be free and to do what I'm doing best and being the, the face of the business and, um, you know, going around and, and just keeping it all going, going all the time. So underneath, like anywhere, there's this incredible support. And, you know, my dad has been an incredible influence, you know, because he wasn't from the restaurant world. Um, and in a way, that's really helped because it's all about black and white figures and, you know, like, um, you know, the drive of the business. And... Uh, um, it's been an interesting journey and uh, it's you know there's been so many great chefs great great chefs who have opened res- restaurants and have failed because they're not cooking you know they're worrying about paying the VAT and you know doing the rent and the wages and all this kind of stuff and that's where it really really is vitally important that you have people around you that can help you so really about not diluting you mm. and where your real strength well first of all that's not my strengths you know I'm not a financial person I'm not that kind of a thing I, I need to be there like creating and, and you know what, why are people coming to our restaurant they're coming for an, an experience it's a bit like going to the theatre so the whole thing is that as soon as they come through that front door they're like forgetting the problems of their world and they're on this like kind of magic carpet which is taking them into the restaurant and I'm part of that experience, you know, and uh, and it's exactly the same. If you go to Scranton Scally, 
it's a different yes I'm not there all the time but it's about that comfort that feel what is it why is Grand Scali like hit at such a great note with so many people and it's like a comforting feel it's like this is like the kind of thing, oh, it's Wednesday night, I don't fancy cooking tonight. Let's nip down Scranton and have a fish pie and a glass of Sansera or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is what Scranton's galley is all about. And that's why Michaela is so, so good at her design because she she creates these environments that we would want as a couple, you know? So the mood is Sunday or let's go down Scranton and have some roast beef and just put it. But then with Southside, she's created something which is just a little bit different but still very approachable. And then, I don't know if you've been to Bonnie Badger yet, but, wow, that's really something, you know, that's really something. So, And then, of course, the kitchen as well, and Castle Terrace. Kitchen, you know, a lot of the trouble with fine dining restaurants is people only go there once. So you have to create something that people want to keep coming back to. And, I mean, yeah, that's part of the secret. So it's, it's the whole experience, yeah. I'm actually taking my friend to the Bonnie Badger uh, uh-huh. next week for her birthday, so uh, I'm looking nice. forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we've talked about some of the challenges. What would you say have been your greatest challenges as, a, as an entrepreneur so far? Um, greatest challenges is, yeah, I think the greatest challenge has been growing from the old school mentality into the new modern mentality. Um, it's a really big thing for our, for our company and it's a big thing for our industry. And it's certainly for the better. But, you know, it's it's been a great challenge and you know I think as you mature and you grow into your shoes and you relax into yourself and especially with the food that I'm cooking you know instead of worrying about what people think or restaurant critics or guides you're cooking from the heart and you're cooking exactly what you want and uh and relaxing into that mold so uh yeah, I mean, everything has been a journey. You know, you start a business at 28, I'm now 41. It's it's unrecognisable, the journey, you know, from the beginning to now, you know. But under underneath, there's still that underlying current, which is exactly the same. And the energy and the desire to, to do something really special is exactly the same now as it was 13 years ago. And I'm noticing this desire to keep things personal and your personalities... Yeah as a couple and yeah. the feel that you would want to create at home is coming into your... Yeah, no, yeah, the whole personal thing. And that's like, I say this now, but <laughs> I think this is where we probably reach the maximum that we can do it and to get that personal, personal uh, note across. But, you know, who knows, in five years you'll come and interview me again and I'll be like, ah. But, but you know, I really... That is, you know, the, the influence of Michaela and those kind of things is absolutely, you know wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for like the influence of Michaela and my father for these kind of things you know because you know even just like doing appraisals with staff you know it's not something I'm particularly keen on and it's something I've ever done but you do get to meet people you get to you know find out what they want to achieve what they want to do all this kind of stuff and um it makes you into a really modern business and um, you know it's all good my final question for mm-hmm. you, Tom. What is your favourite thing to cook? What is my favourite thing to cook? Wow. Um, I'm torn between longestines. I do love fresh longestines. Or uh, young grouse, first grouse of the season. I really love that. So uh, 
How about we do both? I have langoustines to start and then I have grouse afterwards. <laughs> oh, I think I could take that. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much for your time. You're it's welcome. been fascinating um, hearing about your experiences. Thank you. And, and I look forward to my trip to the Bonnie Badger. <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you very much. Good. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. You've been listening to the School for CEOs Leadership Insights podcast with host Gemma Soul and guest speaker Tom Kitchen chef proprietor and entrepreneur. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. After meeting with Tom, I felt energised by his passion and hunger for excellence. I was also struck by the elegance with which he stressed the value of the team and the fantastic people he's surrounded by, both in his kitchen and also the wider organisation. The Kitchen Group now consists of five establishments across Edinburgh and East Lothian, from Michelin star restaurant The Kitchen to boutique hotel The Bonnie Badger. If you'd like to learn more about The Kitchen Group, go to www.thekitchen.com. You can follow our monthly podcast through our host platform, Spreaker, or on Spotify or iTunes. Just search for School for CEOs Leadership Insights. Thank you for listening. See you soon.